episode of The Time Nor The Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the perplexing Matt. Hello there. So, uh, today, we're talking about The Girl in the Fireplace. Yep. Episode 4 of Season 2. Yes. From um, the 6th of May, 2006. So far this series, it's fair to say, you've not been enjoying it. No. Um, you enjoyed... Tenant's first episode, The Christmas Invasion. Yes, very yeah. much so. And since then, it's has it just been diminishing returns all the way? I, or is New Earth still the low point? I'd say for me, New Earth is definitely yeah. the low point. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. It struggled to find its footing as a series. Um, even though I was singing the praises of Score Reunion last episode, I do acknowledge the fact that it's not everyone's cup of tea. And also, I don't think... It's a particularly user-friendly episode because it plays so much on nostalgia and love for the classic series. So if you don't have that going in, you're definitely going to get a lesser experience yeah. from it. So yeah. I'm a bit nervous about this one. Because historically, I have not enjoyed the historical episode. No, you haven't. Though I think you did concede that the Stephen Moffat episode, Dr. Dances and Empty Child, Empty Child that uh, you did enjoy that more than other historical yeah. stuff and of and course he's written this episode he has so. yeah so uh yeah back on the moth train so on your usual scale where would you rank this one i was charmed by this episode ah. i really quite liked it have we got to have we got to add this as an extra level on the thing just charm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no I, I, do you know what? i'll go all out and i'll, I'll say good episode i, I is a good on, episode, honestly i really quite like this one it's, it's, it's i think it's it's got quite a few interesting concepts yes definitely involved i mean one thing that i think this continues probably my only criticism of this episode but not necessarily just this episode my ongoing criticism of season two is i don't see where we're going in terms of the bigger picture right the episodes seem quite unrelated quite standalone yeah if we go back to last week where we had school reunion you know there's literally no overlap other than the fact Mickey's along for the ride this yeah. time round. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair criticism. It's it's a fairly standalone story. Yeah. But it's a cracking little story, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think this... I, I would put this, of all the episodes we've watched so far, certainly probably in my top five. Yeah, I, I think I would as well out at this point in the series, yeah. Yeah. So should we just get should we just get stuck should in? We just there's jump there's straight lots in? to talk about here. So. Right. So we start at the Palace of Versailles. We do. Yeah. Okay. Now, actually, I will say this: this maybe is one of my criticisms of the episode. I don't know whether I like that we start with this cold open. I know why we do. Yeah. Because um, it's basically it's kind of flashing forward towards the end of the episode. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got this sort of like panic-stricken ball yes. in the Palace of Versailles. French toffs running about. Yeah, the place. and I, I'll be totally honest. Yeah. At this point, I just thought, "Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know I, I've been good this season. I've not been watching the trailers. I don't necessarily yeah. know what's coming. Yeah, and I just thought, oh, "For God's sake, I'm not going to enjoy this." No, there's a smashed clock. There is that seems to be symbolic of something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out later. Yeah, and a lady who we later find out to be Madame de Pompadour, yeah. says he is coming. Yeah. And it's a man who's watched over her her entire life. And then she shouts, Doctor. 
who else was it going to be? Yeah, yeah. See, at so, first when she said he is coming, I thought that could be the villain of the yeah, episode. Yeah. But then we get this nice illusion that yeah. the Doctor is coming. Yes, and then title sequence. We get the title episode. Go to the fly- fireplace. And yeah. you know, because she was she was crouched, wasn't she? she? Was crouched in the fireplace. That's right. Shouting through it. So already, you know. Oh well, there's the fireplace. That's the girl. There we go. And and I kind of wonder whether it almost punctures the mystery of the, the fact that we start with say rather than starting with the Doctor and his crew landing on the the spaceship. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether that would have been a more interesting opening. I don't. I don't know. I, I wave yeah, back and I mean, forth on it. I mean. The title, way it works. The Girl in the Fireplace. Yeah. And knowing it was a Stephen Moffat episode. Yeah. I thought that could have been some ominous, a bit like The Empty Child. Yeah, The, the Girl in the Fireplace could have been the villain of the episode. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it sort of, not spoiled, but revealed. Yes. Almost yeah, it, play, it plays its hand very early on there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes. So then we, we cut to Dr. Mickey and uh, Rose. Um, and I, I'll just hold my hand up here I love that Mickey's on board I love it when there are a few other tagalongs like the episodes mm. where Captain Jack is along for the ride are always fun and I, I mean with one obvious exception but yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway <laughs> but yeah so I, I really like that we've got Mickey along uh, and what I quite like is I think the purpose he serves um, I mean a, a quote from Stanley yeah. from Marvel Comics is every comic is somebody's first comic. Yeah. And what I like here is the purpose Mickey seems to play is if your first episode of Doctor Who is this episode, he is experiencing that and the questions you'll have and the questions he asks. Yes, yeah. And it was a nice way to introduce newcomers yeah potentially sense. you could you could definitely take this episode and show it to someone who's never seen the series as a whole and just be like look you want to see a good doctor who here is some good doctor who yeah no context needed jump in and enjoy yeah and it works like because because you've got mickey as essentially playing the role that rose was playing back in episode one of series yeah. one because you know last episode i had a lot of questions that were seemingly unanswered yeah. It's quite nice having Mickey there, asking those <laughs> questions, getting yeah. those answers. Because Rose at this point, she's almost an old hand at this. She's Yeah. She just Yeah, because a lot of ropes. Mickey's adventuring this episode is with Rose rather yeah. than the Doctor. So she is there as the expert, sort of Yeah, she's it. sort of the proxy doctor, if you like. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and they're poking around on this sort of abandoned spaceship. Yeah, it's... there's a title along the bottom of the screen with 3,000 years in the future. Yes. 51st century. Yeah. They're on this abandoned ship and the Doctor deduces the warp drives are working, but the ship's not moving anywhere. Yeah. And he says there's enough energy to punch a hole in the universe, but the ship's not moving. Yeah, so already we have, we have, oh, we, we have two mysteries on our hands. Yeah. already like we were like less than five minutes into the episode when we've got like what's going on with this spaceship how is it that it can be running and not running at the same time how do you resolve that paradox and then also what the hell has Versailles <laughs> yes. got to do with it yeah so the doctor opens a door yes and it leads to 18th century French room yes 
Yeah, well, it, well, specifically, you just got the fireplace. So the rest yeah, of the spaceship. It's sort of like a space. warehouse. Yeah. But just one face, one wall of this yeah. warehouse has this ornate wallpaper yeah. and dressing, and yes. there's the fireplace. Yeah. The doctor speaks through the fireplace, and there's a small girl called Renette yeah. at the other side. Yeah. And the doctor deduces that the energy from the warp drives that can punch a hole in the universe has created this hole yeah. between the spaceship and France yeah. in the 1700s. Yeah. So, so, so it's not just a case that it, it's not just a spatial hole, it's a hole in time yes. as well. Yeah. So I think they call yeah. them time windows yes. as the episode yeah. goes on. Yeah. And already at this point, when my first watch, I was just I'm rubbing my hands with glee because I was just like, this is, this is the kind of story only Doctor Who can tell. Yeah. This is what I come to Doctor Who for. This kind of batshit insanity where you can be standing in a far future spaceship one second and in 17th century France the next. Yeah, I think it does it well. Yeah. I like, like I say, I like this episode, but I certainly like this concept of past and future sort of like jumping in between. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor. Pulls a handle and the uh-huh. wall rotates in true Scooby Doo fashion. Yeah, it's our second reference to Scooby Doo in recent <laughs> episodes, isn't it? And yeah. when he enters the room on the other side, it's night time, it's dark, yeah. and the girl, Renette, he spoke to is now in bed. Yeah. And when he begins to speak, she says that the last conversation they had was months ago. Yeah. So time is working differently. Yeah. This is this not- idea of time dilation yeah. is probably what I like most about this episode. Yeah. I think the concept of it... Because I'm quite often critical of the wishy-washy science that's applied yeah. in episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. This is quite a highbrow concept. Yeah. And it's done well. Yes. Rather than a stupid, simple concept done badly. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I really liked yeah. this episode. Though, though, though having said that, there is also that line early on where, where um, Rose and Mickey ask him what, what this fireplace is and he rattles off some pseudoscience mumbo-jumbo uh, and uh, Mickey says, what, well, what's that? And the Doctor says, I made it up. I just didn't want to say magic door. Yeah. So yeah. There, that, that is almost a tacit acknowledgement of the fact that yes, this is very high concept science fiction, but also we're not going to get into yeah. the nitty gritty of yeah. how if, and why. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not capable of fully grasping this concept, yeah, it's a magic door. Exactly. Just play along. Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. I really it's lovely. Like yeah. Okay, and in a sort of heart back to the empty child, the doctor notices that the only clock in the room's broken. But there is an ominous ongoing ticking, which yeah. is exactly the same as we yeah. had when the little boy and the empty child stopped using the typewriter. Yeah. But it continued to type, are you my mummy? That is just a classic Stephen Moffat trope. Right. Just, it's just an, an, an easy shortcut to putting the willies up here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it works. So the doctor checks under the bed. Yes. And in true monster under the bed fashion, an arm... Lashes out at him. Swipes away his uh, sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not certain I would do this, but the doctor just looks under the bed again just to see what it was. <laughs> you know? Well, he's a braver man than I. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 
But when he looks again, he can see feet, the opposite side of the bed. So whoever it was is now stood up. Yeah. And another thing I liked about this episode is the appearance of the villains. Yeah. You've got this masked man, but with this dark eyes and huge smiles you know it's almost yeah. like a masquerade ball mask. exactly that yeah that that's kind of what it is and it they're wearing the the wigs and the regalia of uh yeah. 17th century aristocrats so obviously it's an attempt to blend in but they they've got they've got these freakish masks and who knows what they're hiding yeah. under and these masks. if you think back to christmas invasion where we had the Santa Clauses, yes, in the masks, yes. I also think the Sycorax in the mask. A lot of masks in Doctor Who. Yeah, but I think specifically yeah. the Santa Clauses from those yeah. episode, because they were these metallic faces. Yeah. yeah, I think these are better than those. Oh yeah, definitely, and definitely. I like the fact that it's dressed up as French aristocracy, so not necessarily known as a threatening bunch, but. <laughs> There is a creepiness to The way it's it. presented. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And it just stands there smiling and ticking. Yeah. And the Doctor notices that this man, I've called it a man at this point. Yeah. Has scanned Renette's brain. Yeah. At some point. And the masked man says that she is incomplete. Yeah. It's not ominous at all, is no. it? <laughs> no. I had no idea what that meant at this point. And yeah. I avoided going on Wikipedia yeah. and yeah. researching Madame de Pompadour and seeing if yeah. there was some famous moment from her life yeah. Yeah. where she, quote-unquote, becomes complete. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'll be totally honest. Where I thought this episode was going was because I knew Madame de Pompadour was the mistress of the King of France. Yes. I thought there was going to be some child right that she bore. yeah that was yeah. when she would become complete yeah i thought there'd be some sort of bloodline story going on that's a, that's a good theory i can see why, why your brain would have gone that yeah. way with it uh but so for now all we know is that for whatever reason this clockwork man has an interest in this this young girl but she's not ready yet whatever yes. that means and i think we probably get my favorite line of the episode yeah. here it's where the doctor's talking to Renette and yeah. he says, this is all a nightmare. Don't worry about yeah. it. Even monsters have nightmares. Nice. And she says, well, what do monsters have nightmares about? He just says, me. me. And then at that point, he swans off back through the fireplace. That's his, yeah. that's his out. And yeah, that's a good bit of swaggering, swashbuckling 10th doctor When he goes back through the wall, he uses what appears to be a giant gun to freeze... This yes. man, yeah. who we know at this point is clockwork. Yeah. And it turns out it's just a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And once he's frozen it, the man teleports away. Yes. Okay. So I've called them men at this point because yeah. it's not revealed, but I'll probably drop in and out of calling them droids. Yeah, droids I think is, is they're probably the best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the Doctor... At this point, goes back f- through to France. Yeah. It's a bit like the New Earth episode where Lady Cassandra goes through the bodies. There's a lot of jumping back and forth at this point yes, between yeah. France and the spaceship. Yes, yeah. And when he goes back through, due to time dilation again, Renette has aged quite a lot. Quite a lot. 
So she has gone from being a little girl to being played by Sophia Miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with Sophia Miles's work? Only through this. Okay. Yeah. She is actually in one of my favourite films. Oh yeah. Transformers Four. <laughs> Not as good as Transformers Five, no. but she's in Transformers Four. In which episode would you? In which thing would you say she puts in the better performance? I don't know. I'm quite, <laughs> I am quite fond of Transformers Four, but I'll give this the nod. Oh, fair dues. Okay. So yeah, so now she's a young woman. Yeah. And her and the Doctor share a kiss. They do. So going back to last episode, right in there. this idea of romantic links with the doctor uh-huh. you know we've had there's a kiss yeah. in new earth yeah we've talked about last episode the sort of affection he has yeah. with sarah jane and yeah. rose but it's always been fairly unspoken fairly detached yeah i don't feel like he has ever i mean we've never seen him straight up kiss rose no uh, no without there being some sort of hand wavy aspect to it Whereas this, it's, I mean, it surprises him, but he doesn't seem entirely unreceptive. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But this um, is the moment in the episode where we learn that Renette is Madame de Pompadour. Yes. She's been beckoned, and yeah. I think somebody says Madame, Madame Poisson. Poisson. And that's the point at which the Doctor has enough to piece it together. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was unfamiliar that her surname was Poisson. Yeah. And I just thought a French man was shouting, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Fish. Fish. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, basically. Yeah. But in French. Yeah. It just took me that little bit of explanation yeah. from the Doctor to work that out. Yeah. Right. So, in jumping back and forth between France and the ship, the Doctor does return to the ship and finds a horse. <laughs> he does. Yeah. See, there is just I a think horse. in other episodes, this yeah. wouldn't have sat as comfortably with me yeah. but why not I mean that's the thing like you this episode has already kind of set up set out its stall it's given you the rules that we've got this magic link between two disparate things so now now juxtaposition and jarring uh, kind of elements bleeding across from one another that is kind of the crux of the episode isn't it that's yeah. kind of uh, what we're doing so yeah why not a horse and I, I think because the horse sort of becomes a reoccurring joke through yeah. the episode. Yeah. If we go back to Tooth and Claw, where we have the one is not amused yeah. joke that yeah. never lands, I, I think the horse jokes do land. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a good early one where um, when Mickey sees the horse uh, and, and says, what's a horse doing on a spaceship? And the Doctor retorts, what's pre-revolutionary France doing on a exactly. spaceship? Spaceship Mickey, get some perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and when Rose says you're not keeping the horse, he just goes, "Well, I'll let you keep, keep Mickey." Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, and I think that's just um, Stephen Moffat's uh, pedigree as a comedy writer showing through. When he goes for the joke, more often than not, the joke lands. Yeah. And then Mickey himself is having a little wander around the ship. Yeah. And realizes there's a camera observing him, and when he looks closer, it's actually an eyeball. Yeah. Did, what did you make of that on first viewing? I didn't really know what to think immediately. Yeah. But, I mean, the next thing that happens, Rose opens a little hatch and sees a heart. Yeah. So there's obviously some sort of foul play going on here. Yeah. With the use of human organs. Yes. Yeah. Had you Did you, at that point, make the connection between either the missing crew 
or the fact that they smelled cooking when they first. I I didn't. I didn't make the link I mean, with them smelling cooking. Yeah. I I did sort of link it to the missing crew. Yeah. Um, no, it was only right at the end where, where they say actually spell it out. Yeah, because yeah. I think they say Sunday dinner at first. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it, with hindsight, it's so grim, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you've got this like freaky eyeball on a stalk, and it, it's an actual eyeball. Yeah, yeah, which I love as an image. Right. Um, so the Doctor opens another door on the spaceship, and this one leads to the grounds of the side palace. Yeah, and he sort of goes through and he's observing Renette where she's having a conversation. Yeah, just skulking around in a garden. Yeah, yeah. well, that conversation's just basically her explaining who she is. Uh huh. You know, because I'm not a massive expert, but it was good just to get that little background. I, I think it's fa- it's fair to say that most people are not an expert in Madame de Pompadour. It, it's funny because it's one of those things, historical figures where almost everybody knows the name. Yes. Up until me seeing this, I had no real context. I knew she was no. some posh French bird. That was about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I had no context for it. So Mickey and Rose are using another time window at this point. They're observing the king. Yeah, it's Louis the Fifteenth, I think. Could be. I, can't, I didn't make a note. Okay, and the doctor just arrives with his horse. Yeah. Again, just no context. He's just got his new friend. Yeah. A horse. Yeah. Okay, and then. It's at this point where they realise all the time windows go to different periods of Renette's life. Yes. So I, I think the line they use is, why is a spaceship from the 51st century stalking a woman from the 18th? Yeah. So that's sort of the mystery that lingers through the episode. Specifically, yes. why... Why her? Yeah. Yeah. So, as they observe, another clockwork man appears from behind Renette. Yeah. And... They go to their usual plan of just spinning the wall round and freezing it. Yeah, why not? And it identifies itself because, for some reason, it's following Renette's commands. Even though they seem to be haunting her, they seem to be sort of programmed to do as she asks yes, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And it identifies itself as Repair Droid 7. Uh-huh. The ship was hit by an ion storm. So they say, well, why aren't you using the energy to get home or to a repair base? Uh-huh. Why are you coming to 18th century France? Uh-huh. And it simply says, we do not have the parts yep. to repair the ship. And it just keeps repeating that line. like that Over and everything. over and over again. When the Doctor asks where the crew went, the droid again replies, we did not have the part. Through the explanation given by Mickey and Rose, they realise that the crew were used as parts. Yes, yeah. It's that horrible realisation. <laughs> If you didn't know that already, yeah, that's where we're going. Yeah, and they've come to France as one more part is required. Yeah, and it sort of stares at Renette whilst it's saying this. Is this the scene where we actually get to see under the hood, as it were, on the uh, clockwork droids? Or is that we already skipped so. over that? I can't remember. I do love that moment where the Doctor whips the the wig and the mask off, and we see this sort of. And it genuinely is beautiful. It's like a glass head dome thing and like intricate clockwork Mm. um, sort of ticking away. The fact that it's constantly in motion adds to it. Oh, definitely. It's beautiful design work. I don't know who was the production designer on the episode who did that, but 
you know, hats off to them. I think mm. it's one of the most visually unique uh, villains we've had so far in, in Doctor Who. And, and in an echo of uh, a response we've seen a few times, most recently, I think, in uh, Tooth and Claw, when he, he sees the uh, werewolf and his, and his first response isn't like, ah, oh no, terrifying werewolf. He's, oh God, you're beautiful. And, and he gets that same just instinctual response. He just, he can't help but admire the craftsmanship mm. of it, even as it's sort of threatening them. Uh, so when specifically the Doctor asks, why Renette? as opposed to um, why France, it says we are the same. Yeah. So this sort of led to my initial understanding that there was some sort of blood link and this idea that she's incomplete was right. going to be yeah. the child that she bears. Right. Although we never quite get that conclusion. No. And in fact, I think the conclusion we get is probably better than the one. Yeah, I, I love it. We'll get, we won't get to it until uh, we get to it, but... Um... Yeah, like I say, I, it's a strong theory you had there. I tend not to be the kind of viewer that tries to guess ahead of an episode because best case scenario, if I guess correctly, I'm a bit disappointed. And if I guess incorrectly, then what was the point? Yeah. So I just like, I like to get swept up and go along for the ride. And this is a very easy one to just sweep along to. So, so. following that, Renette orders it to leave and it teleports itself away. Yeah. So the Doctor sends Rose, Mickey and Arthur after it. It's a good oh, name for a horse. horse. Yes, yeah. I, but I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I could see you were perplexed there. Yes, so yeah. It's the, the horse is now called <laughs> Arthur. Yep. If you had a horse, what would you call it? I don't know. I don't like horses. Oh, really? I'm not a horse person. I like most animals um but horses they spook me a bit i don't know what it is about them see this weekend i, I treated myself i've been playing breath of the wild oh yeah Zelda game, and i've named my horse after a horse from my childhood me and oh, yeah. my brothers used to spend a lot of time at my auntie's house she lives uh -huh. in the country and the farm next door had a horse called gaylord <laughs> that so, is a good horse name but, uh i can i can tell you what uh what um my partner and I, what we named uh, the horse when we were playing Breath of the Wild, uh, we had a horse called Hot Dogs. Nice. Yeah. Any reason? Were you eating hot dogs at the time? I don't think so. I think uh, I think Sean came up with that one. Yeah. Hot dogs. It's not one of those where you came home from work, logged in, she'd been playing it in your absence, and the horse was, <laughs> it was called so hot, hot Dogs. No, I think I was president at the time. She was just like, uh, I was just like, what are we going to call it? And she just, just said, give it here. <laughs> Called it Hot Dogs. <laughs> So, so there you go. They, yeah. they make their way after the droid and they're immediately attacked and subdued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I thought there might be a little bit of, you know, a lot of these episodes recently have been guilty of just having them walk around for ages looking for things. Yes. That's where I thought this was going. Yeah. Within about oh, 20 seconds after the cut, <laughs> yeah. they're just attacked and subdued. Yeah. So we find out that Renette is 23 years old. Yes. And somehow she's not old enough. Yeah. So the doctor now thinks that age is the problem. That's why she's incomplete. Yeah. They're waiting for They're trying to find a particular period in her life for whatever reason. And whilst the doctor begins reading Renette's mind, she also seems to read his. I think, uh, I yes, think they yeah. say that a door can be 
walk through in either direction. Yes, that's Renette's explanation. Because yeah, we get. I don't. I don't think we have. We ever really seen the Doctor at this stage using any kind of telepathic or uh, mental think, ability like that. I don't think so. Uh, Maybe once, but I yeah. can't recall. But so. yeah, it's a. It's a basically pretty much your classic um, Vulcan mind meld, isn't it? Yeah. That's basically what we've got going on there. Um, does he use it a lot in Classic Who? Not a lot, but I think it does come up every now and then. It's one of those kind of like... Um, one of those tools in the toolbox which they try not to rely on too often. Mm. But every now and again, it's a, it's a useful shortcut. And also when it's played in a scene like this where it's where there is a sense of mystery to it... Um, it's a it's a really nicely done scene, and also the fact that all, that Renette then uses an opportunity to kind of walk into the Doctor's mind, mm. and so it it actually helps to enhance the mystery of the Doctor as a and character. I as think well. as well, given the fact that there's this slight romantic link. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It adds an element of vulnerability where you know they're comfortable enough with each other. To allow yes. this to happen. Yes, yeah. And that Renette has the curiosity about him yes. to want to do that. Because, of course, this is where she says, Oh, Doctor. Yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. So. I think with the last time we had one of those, was it um, also a Stephen Moffat episode? I'm not sure. I think I it think... might have been in, in think... The Doctor Dances. No, I think there's one on Christmas Invasion oh, where we get the be. new Doctor. Yeah. I think maybe Jackie says Doctor, Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, yeah. So Th That's going to keep happening. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so, Renette asks the Doctor to dance. Yes. He says that he can't. Yeah. We know for a fact he can. Yeah. There's a whole episode called The Doctor, the Doctor Dances. And it was written by the same man. Exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a little bit of... You know, uh, self appreciation from uh, Moffat. But... Maybe I think I think it's just it's again him wanting to, to basically use dancing as a metaphor for fucking. That's yeah. That's I, I all think, it is. I mean, it's used consistently if yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Right. So at this point, we go back to Rose and Mickey. They're going to be chopped up for parts. Yeah. And the Doctor has reappeared from the party that he's gone yeah. to with Renette. Seemingly pissed out of his head. Drunk as a skunk, <laughs> tie around his head. Yeah. Singing, I could have danced all night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that the ship is 37 years old. Yeah. And it therefore needs a 37-year-old brain. That's the part that's missing, is this sort of CPU unit. Yeah. So they want to use this brain. Yes. Now... I might have misunderstood this part of the episode. You might just need okay, to explain try. it to me. Yeah. But at this point, I think they say Rose's brain is compatible. Yeah. Um, I think they do, don't they? But I think it's like them... I think it's a hollow threat, basically. Right. I think it's the droids just trying to push away this, the, uh, uh, this meddling right. influence and to let them get on with it. And so just like saying, well, oh, well, you know, we'll just take Rose's brain instead. And the Doctor immediately dismisses it. He's like, oh, come off it. Right. No, she's not. That's okay. Because yeah, so. I didn't understand if it was just something that I'd misunderstood. No, my, my understanding of it is that it's them basically trying to use it as a threat to get these meddlers off the ship and let them get on with their original part. Right. That makes yeah. sense. So 
the doctor is dancing around he's got this glass of quote unquote wine, wine. yeah and as he's sort of bumbling around yeah. he takes the wig off one of the droids and pours the wine into its head yes which switches them all off yes okay because it's not wine it's uh, is it anti-oil yeah something I think he like calls that. it yeah and that switches them all off yeah they immediately just turn back on because one of them's with Renette yeah that plan lasted all of about 10 seconds yeah I think it does it buy them enough time to get Mickey and Rose off the the, the table yeah yeah but because one That's of them's still functioning yeah in 18th century France they all boot back they up all again. boot back up and teleport yeah. away yeah immediately yeah so didn't really go as well as planned. Nope, not really. But I mean, it would have been a boring episode if it had stopped there, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of the bits I quite liked of the episode, where Rose speaks to Renette, and basically they have like the Sarah Connor from Terminator moment, where it's like, look, they're coming. You need to be ready. Yeah. Sometime after your thirty seventh birthday, get ready. It's going down. Yeah. Yeah. And there is like a, you know, Renette kind of admits that she's scared, yeah. but also, but in, in a very stoic kind of way. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the conversation, I forget exactly what leads up to, but the conversation concludes with a, a fairly iconic line uh, from Renette, which is, one may tolerate a world of monsters for the sake of an angel. Yeah, yeah. Which is... Uh, yeah, beautiful. Nice. It's, a, it's a lovely yeah. bit of writing, and isn't it? It, it resonates with Rose, because I think yeah. she's... Well, she is in the same boat. Absolutely, she is, yes. So, yes, because, you know, they, they say, you know, the monsters and the Doctor, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, at this point, it's still not fully explained why it's Renette they're after. No. They, they just are. Yeah. We, we know what, uh, they want her from, you know, at a particular age, but... We're still clueless as to what's so special about Madame the Flippin' Pompadour. Yeah. Yeah. So when Rose is explaining to her that there's a spaceship that has all these windows yeah. to her life at various yeah. times. And she's trying really, really hard to put it in terms that she understands. Yeah. yeah. Renette pushes past Rose onto the spaceship. This is the yeah. first time she's come through the doors that she's seen the yes. Doctor through. And it does... It's weird how that suddenly feels jarring. We've been watching the Doctor flip back and forth between the two. Yeah. And we don't think anything of it because that's what the Doctor does anyway. The, the Doctor has no fixed time and place. But this is as jarring, if not more jarring than the horse. All of a sudden we have, yeah. an, you know, this this woman who we've who looks so at home, so at place with, you know, surrounded by all that finery, this beautiful palatial ground in her fantastic gowns and all of that. And all of a sudden she's stepping onto this dingy, dark spaceship. Yeah. And, and it's suddenly this moment of high contrast. And I think it's beautifully directed. Because I think it marries with this idea of you can't have the Doctor without the monsters. Yeah. Because although... To her, the Doctor is this chivalrous angel that turns yeah. up whenever she needs yeah. him to. The world he inhabits, to her, yeah. you know, we've gone from these beautiful, archaic French mm-hmm. palaces yeah. to essentially a horrible, dimly lit corridor <laughs> yeah. with metal cladding on the walls. Yeah, and... yeah. It's an, an impressive contrast and... Um... 
she kind of she very quickly uh, realizes, yeah, no, I don't like this world. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So um, again, the conversation with Rose continues. Renette goes back through yes. to France, and we cut basically to the opening scene yeah. that we'd seen earlier. Yeah. So we we know we're we're reaching endgame here. Yeah. So the droids appear yeah. and say to Renette that she is now complete. Yeah, they're cra- crashing a party. There's you know yeah. there's a various aristocrats all gathered around in this ornate ballroom. Yeah. So Renette at this point must be thirty seven. Yep. They make a point that yeah. every time the doctor appears, he hasn't aged a day. <laughs> yeah, they do. Now she's gone from twenty three to thirty seven. And has she's, not aged a day. I mean, that's... Um, well, I mean, she's got a very privileged lifestyle, maybe. Yeah. But, like like I say, yeah. every time the Doctor appears, they're like, oh, he hasn't, hasn't aged a day. <laughs> this has been 14 years. Yeah, they could have... The makeup artist could have at least tried to, like, pop a couple of lines on her face or something. Yeah. <laughs> something to give some indication of the time passing, but no. So, the Doctor, Mickey, Rose, and the horse... Arthur, are yeah. observing this, but they realise the window they're looking through is unlike the others. It yeah. doesn't rotate. All the others sort of have a, a it's like there's like rotating a portal. wall. Yeah, you can actually step through it, basically. Yeah. But that's not the case here. And the yeah. Doctor says if he were to smash the glass, it would destroy the time window. He would be trapped in yeah. that period. So essentially, there's no way he can get to her at this point. Yeah. So we cut back to Renette, and she tells the droids she's not scared. Yeah. So I think they basically have her on her knees, yeah. knife to the throat. Yeah. You know, ready we're going to, to kill do you. Do. Take your brain. Yeah. But she's quite stoic, and she yeah. gives quite a rousing speech. Yes. I think at one point she says, oh, we do not surrender, we are French. Yeah, I don't know if she's we do not surrender, but she's telling the people not to lose their heads, to yeah. to remain calm and, and stoic about this. Feels yeah. like a bit of a dig, the French. <laughs> Obviously known for their cowardice. Yeah. But, I hope. Yeah. So, just as it seems all hope is lost, yes. the Doctor rides through the mirror on his horse, it seems basically they just wrote the horse into the episode just, just for, for one that moment. heroic moment. Yeah. And as he smashes through, yeah. the window that should lead to the spaceship is now just a brick wall. Yeah. So it it's he's, destroyed. He's stuck. I, I will say that moment, I mean it's uh it's one of Tennant's iconic moments <laughs> for obvious reasons. I think this might be peak swashbuckling. Yeah. For Tennant. We've used the term <laughs> swashbuckling in pretty much every Tenant episode. Yeah. And, yeah, this takes the cake. It really it? does. So, so yeah. He's, he, so he saves Renette, but he's now stuck. Also, yeah. that can't be good for the horse's knees, because the mirror's a good, oh, like, God, no, it's a good like, 15, 20 feet in yeah. the air. Yeah, it's very, very lucky. It's almost as if, why do, you, why do you need a mirror that high up? <laughs> Who's looking in that mirror? France, in it? Yeah, yeah. So as he comes through, all the droids stop. Yeah. He effectively tells them, you know, he severed that link with the ship. Even if they kill her, there's no way of getting the brain there. They are defeated. Yeah. And and he said, and and there's a there's a excellent bit of wordplay as well where where he says like, 
you know, how much have you got left before before you run out, you know, a day at most? And he looks at them and seriously says, I'm not winding you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic <laughs> clockwork pun there. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's one of the jokes that doesn't land on this episode. I don't know. I enjoy I, it. I think that's probably the one. We'll give them one. <laughs> Following this, then, the Doctor accompanies Renette back to her home. Yeah. She explains that the fireplace from her childhood she has such fondness for yeah. because of what it means to her in terms of the doctor yeah she's had it moved to the palace yeah because uh, they would on route they're discussing like you know oh well i'm stuck i'm you know i'm stuck here now stuck on the slow path as the doctor yes. calls it and um he seems he's you know it sounds a bit regretful but almost not too regretful because i think he's just straight up smitten Yes, and I think the he's like, well, this sucks, but also, you know, I'm I'm in good company here, so yeah. maybe it won't be so bad. Um, and so as they're walking, and she reveals the fireplace, she says, you know, it's a shame. I think I would have enjoyed the slow path. So yeah. she's got this inkling that preserving the fireplace will be enough to get the doctor back to where he mm-hmm. needs to be. So he begins to sort of tap around yeah. the fireplace. Yeah. And he uses it to go back to his ship. Yes. It, it essentially works. Yes. He, I think he says there's a physical link as yeah. well as a spatial and yeah. a time link. So he's able to sort of jerry-rig it with the sonic screwdriver, yeah. get back to where he needs to be. So from the other side, he speaks to Renette. He yeah. says, you have two minutes, go pack a bag, go to the window, pick any star. That's the star we're going to. <sighs> yes. So, yeah. I mean, talk about... A romantic yeah. gesture. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly, the Doctor goes and lets Rose know that he's fine. Yeah. And he goes back to the yeah. um, fireplace. Yeah. And this is where we have like the most heartbreaking scene. It's a real gut punch, isn't it? Yeah. So he goes back and Louis the fifteenth is there. Yeah. Now, in this case, they have aged. They have aged a little bit. bit. I think he's got a bit of a five o'clock shadow and not looking his best. Uh, It probably helps also that it's a dimly lit scene. Yeah. Intentionally so. But but yeah, and so he explains that... He says, you just missed her. And at first, so so you think like, oh, well, she's just popped out to the shops or whatever. Fine. I can wait. But But then the next shot is him looking out out the window as... Sort of hearse being yeah. carted off. Yeah. And he hands the doctor a letter. Yeah. And when he says, you know, what does it say? The doctor just tucks it in his yeah. jacket. Yeah. It really is. It is a gut punch moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he just says, oh, you know, illness took her. She was 43. Yeah. It's uh, And it's just like, it makes you, re- you kind of think... In, in lesser hands, this this episode could have backfired so much because if you didn't believe in that relationship between yeah. the Doctor and Renette, this would have no emotional impact yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, but it's played so well. Yeah, and 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 that's and I think that's everything working uh, in in concert. The the acting between the two leads there. Um, absolutely believable really works and we'll come back to that um 
the direction, Euros Lin, I think it, it does a fantastic job directing this episode throughout um, and, you know, deserves credit for that. And the, and the writing, you know, the, 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 all their dialogue, all their scenes together, you believe that they have this connection forged as it is in this kind of slightly wonky way and in, yeah. in a, in, and it's sort of like fast tracked in a way it's a, I, you know I, I've not read the book I've seen the film myself yeah. but I think is there is it called the time, time traveler's wife, wife? yeah and definite it, influence on this episode and is it essentially the same yeah. premise that yeah time dilation it is rather yeah I think I've not read it either but I know that Moffat acknowledged it as an influence and actually his current project he is working on an adaptation of it for HBO Oh, really? Yeah. Because th- there is a film, isn't there? There is a film, but I think possibly the film... I don't know whether it was really well-received because it probably cut a lot out from the book. Right. The fact that they're now adapting it for TV um, yeah. suggests that there was perhaps a lot that they had to leave out to cram it into two hours. Oh, so, yeah, I think you probably a safe pair of hands for, for, for adapting that story. Oh. So, um, yeah, um, we go back to the TARDIS. Yeah. Rose yeah. asks why Renette. That's sort of the question yeah. that has been posed all the way through the episode. Yeah. And the Doctor says, we'll probably never know. Yeah. This is where I lost my temper a little bit. <laughs> so I was just like... You thought they would just... I thought this was face of yeah. bow. I thought yeah. this was bloody bad wolf. Yeah. Just like, oh, why? I thought there'd be some sort of resolution. It just yeah. goes, nah. Yeah. I, I was and ready to flip the table. <laughs> and then we get that final shot. We do, but... Just before that, yeah. just before that, yeah. Rose asks the doctor, is he alright? And he just, sort of in the, the most heartbreaking way, just goes, I'm always alright. Yeah, I mean, reading between the eyes, the answer is, I'm never alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's just like, I think if that was me, uh, yeah. the response would be, well, it's a fucking case of having to be alright, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. if I'm not alright, everything goes to shit. Yeah, yeah. So... It's quite good because obviously, as an alien character, he's humanized really well. Yeah, here. yeah. And then they understand that he's not alright, so yeah. they give him some space. Yeah. And again, in just the most heartbreaking way, he just goes and shuts the fireplace off. Oh God, yeah, he does. I forgot about that shot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's the picture. Of yeah. Madame de Pompadour over the fireplace. Yeah. And he just sort of sadly switches, switches all the lights off and leaves. Yeah. yeah. And then, as the TARDIS disappears, this is where we sort of get the revelation of the yeah. episode. Yeah. Because the spaceship they've been on all along is called the SS Madame de Pompadour. Yeah. So, the droids have clearly confused that information. Yeah. yeah. That the parts they need for Madame de Pompadour aren't for the ship. Mm-hmm. They're for... They're yeah. From... And, and ba- yeah, it's basically... Um, for the second episode, in a, a Stephen Moffat episode in a row... The conclusion is basically robots are dumb. Yeah. yeah, they get they get shit wrong if they don't have the right information. Is it acknowledged in the episode? I think at some point they say that the droids aren't perfect; they might be confused. Yes, I, yeah. I don't think it says, "Oh, they're stupid; they yeah. don't know this." Yeah. I think he just says over time they may have. Yeah, I mean, and, and particularly it's because they're after her brain because it's like they're central. Computer yeah. that, that that has uh, gotten destroyed, so no wonder they've gone a bit off the rails. Yeah, with you know, seemingly quite deadly consequences. But um, yeah, there you go. And that that's just like the the final bow 
on the present, if you like, the final yeah. piece of the puzzle. It's just... I think that's all what I liked. It's just it's, that clever ending. Yeah. It's just one shot, but it answers all the questions yeah. of the episode. Yeah. You're, you're left feeling just so tas- satisfied with it as a mm. story. It feels so complete. So, yeah, hats off to all involved in that. So, I, I, I put a pin in it earlier. I, I said I wanted to come back to the... Um, the performances, obviously, you've got the guest performance of Sophia Miles um, and the the chemistry with David Tennant. They dated for two years after this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, that sort so of makes sense. It does, cause... doesn't it? Because it there is there is a very real connection. Yeah. You can feel because you in can that. buy into it whole hog. Yes. Yeah. Certainly on screen. Yeah. Ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it is. Oh, a nice I mean, way to be make. nicer if they didn't break up <laughs> subsequently, but yeah. uh, for whatever reason. But um, yeah, no, oh. it's. I think it's an interesting uh, bit of trivia for for that episode. But but yeah, I, I would say easily the best episode of season two. Yep, hands down, no question. Probably one of the best we've seen so far. Yep, I'd put it up there with season finale yeah. from season one. Yeah. Parting in the ways, I'd put it up there with Empty Child. Almost as good as the Unquiet Dead. Unquiet <laughs> Dead can just get in the bin. <laughs> in fact, uh, I, I put a tweet out on our account yeah. from uh, the Unquiet Dead uh, this week. Did you? Uh, right. Let me just find it. I don't really pay attention to what you do on Twitter because it upsets me. <laughs> I, oh, well, I don't think you're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> Myself and my partner, we were watching the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. All right. And I put, I'm trying to remember where I recognise Simon Callow from. Because he was a guest, he oh, read right. one of the questions. I'm trying to remember where I recognise Simon Callow from on Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Then it hit me. I fucking hate The Unquiet Dead. <laughs> Don't know why you like that episode so much. <laughs> well, let's not rehash it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But, but no, it's, this is a cracking episode. And, like, um, you... It's you're hard pressed to find a Doctor Who fan that doesn't have uh, only positive things really to say about this episode. Yeah. I think it really is the show firing on all cylinders, doing what it does best, and what Doctor Who uniquely can do as a TV show. Now, let me ask a question. Yeah. In this episode, they're in the fifty-first century, going through time windows. Yeah. To the eighteenth. Yes. Why don't they just go to the eighteenth century in the TARDIS? That is addressed in the episode. Um, uh, Mickey asks that same question, and the Doctor says, uh, we've landed here, we're part of events now. Right. So it's a classic, once they arrive somewhere, once they're part of the story in whatever way, they can't then start... They can't just go d- back just to go, the beginning. They, they can't go it. into the... Because then they're disrupting the whole flow of things, and then you're creating paradoxes, and we don't right. want another Reaper situation on our hands now, do we? We do want another Reaper situation. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to get them back. I'll Let it go. I will. I'm going to campaign. <laughs> you you write, write to Chris Chimnall. He's a current showrunner. He's... So far, we've had almost no returning monsters in Series 11. So maybe you, you'd write to us saying, look, I know you're not keen on bringing back old villains, but it's about bloody time. So, I don't know about Chimnall, but if we stick with RTD, yeah. I know he doesn't listen to anyone but himself. So it might be <laughs> a flawed true. plan. I mean, I think that's true of most showrunners. It's You've got to have a bit of ego to want to do that job. So there we go. That's, so that's I uh... hope we continue on an upward trend. Fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, maybe maybe we've got Mickey on board still. Maybe that is the, the, the clincher. Maybe that's what really we needed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, my only criticism is it doesn't go anywhere in terms of the bigger picture. I mean, I mean, it does in terms of character development. Yeah, I was going to say, because the Doctor and also Rose, I think, we mm. haven't really talked about it, but I think there is some glimmers of jealousy mm. that we see, obviously, because in the same way that with School Reunion, she was a bit jealous of Sarah Jane, all of a sudden there was this other woman, mm. again, turning up and making, a, I think, a much more immediate connection than, uh, than, Rose, than Rose. So... I think that maybe is something we need to keep an eye on as the series goes on. Um, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That about does it for this episode. Thanks very much for listening as ever. And uh, tune in next week where we will be discussing, I believe it is, Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. No prizes for guessing what's going to happen there. It's probably going to be another Dalek episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And as always, if you have any suggestions for what the face of Bo's big secret could oh, be, yeah, we do want please to know. get in contact with us. Our email is timenospacepod at gmail.com. And as we mentioned before, we're also on Twitter. That is at timenospacepod. Yeah, do, do follow that if you enjoy watching Matt say very mean things about Doctor Who, especially my favourite episodes. I'm, I'm fair and I'm <laughs> to honest. To be fair, that's, why, that's what makes this podcast so great. Yeah. All right, well, thanks ever so much for listening, everyone. Cheerio. Bye now. Thanks very much for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.